0: Community Focus is a look at events, issues, and initiatives happening in and around the Brainerd Lakes area. Community Focus is produced by Hubbard Radio Brainerd and broadcast locally on 106.7 WJJY. Good afternoon, and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. Our guests today are from the Restorative Justice Program, and our guests include Doris Kruger, who is the retiring executive director, John McGee, the new executive director, and Caitlin Robinson. Caitlin is an advocate and former client. Folks, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. All right. Doris, maybe we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, For our listeners that might not be familiar with the Restorative Justice Project, tell us what it's all about.
1: Restorative Justice is a diversion program um, from the court systems, so we work very closely with the Crow Wing County, um, County Attorney's Office. We work very closely with... The, all of the police departments in Crow Wing County. We work with all of the school districts in Crow Wing County. Um, we're a little more active with the Brainerd schools, but as we get more um, more volunteers, we will be working closer with the the out schools.
0: Okay.
1: And um, it's a very good diversion program to keep young people out-of-the-court systems, and also to not have a juvenile court record.
0: Okay. And how do you accomplish that? Because there are uh, there's some things that take place. Let's set a little scenario. Uh, if someone were to commit what uh, we might call a crime of some kind, what happens to this young person?
1: Well, I can I can set up the scene, and then I would like to turn it over to Caitlin. Um, so we would get a case, um, possibly from the county attorney's office, mm-hmm. um, saying there's been a theft, okay. and so then um, as the executive director, I review that case and make sure that it it's a good fit for our volunteers. Then I um, send out all the paperwork. I get two facilitators on board, and we have such a wonderful bunch of facilitators we can kind of pick and choose. There are some cases that maybe um, a retired school teacher would be good at, or um, uh, which law enforcement you want to get involved so um, then the um, the offender. Has to be on board. If they do not want to do the restorative justice. Um, process, Mm -hmm. then I just turn the case back to the referring
2: agency. So they have to be willing and wanting to be part of this. Very much so. Yes.
1: So that's how you would get involved. And now I'd like to turn it... Well,
0: before you do, a couple other questions. Oh, Uh, yeah. Is the victim involved as well, did you say?
1: The victim is very much involved. Okay. Um, And that's where the restorative process comes in. Yeah. the um, offender sits at a conference. The last part of of the of the process is the conference. So we sit across from each other in a circle formation, and um, the offender gets to tell the victim what they've done, and um, and make amends. Yeah. Um. And they make their amends um, in many different ways. Yeah. Um, They have to come up with a contract to repair the harm, whether it be community service or that's decided between the victim and the offender and the community members or the police officers that are involved. Sure. So it's kind of a group effort. It's very much a group effort. Yes.
0: As you were... Telling about this program, you mentioned two things, volunteers and facilitators. Oh. And, of course, you're a nonprofit organization as well, correct?
1: Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes. And very
0: dependent on these volunteers and facilitators.
1: Yes, yes. Um, one of our facilitators at the moment is handling four cases, and wow. that's that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, but we we definitely need people from all walks of life to to help repair the harm and repair the community. Yeah.
0: Uh, it sounds like they're an integral part to this whole process.
1: Oh, definitely. They are our bus drivers. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> if someone is interested, as we tell this story here today, we'll hear from Caitlin in a moment, but uh, if they would like to volunteer, uh, I would assume there's training involved and so on, uh, what's the best way to go about doing that?
1: Okay, you can check out our website at www. L-A-R-J-P dot org or call our office at 218-454-4145 or just stop in and see us. We're at the Close Converse Building on Charles Street, 521 Charles Street. All right. Um, The training is a 20-hour training. Uh, We try to do two trainings a year. Our co-founder of um, LARJP is our trainer. Um, she's trained in many different places. She has she's trained all over the world. Wow, that's so. amazing!
0: Very interesting. And it also tells me that this program is something that's been used around the world as well. Then
1: oh, definitely. Um, in fact, it is. Way more prevalent in Australia, New Zealand, um, our co founder actually went to japan mm-hmm. was invited to Japan many years ago and um, you know talked about our program and then came back here to one of the juvenile detention centers and did a filming that 's um, used for training in japan it 's in Japanese.
0: Mm. Very interesting. All right. Well, let's talk with Caitlin for just a moment. Caitlin, uh, uh, obviously you're an advocate for the program, but a former client as well. So did you go through this program?
3: Yes, I did. I went through this program in high school.
0: So tell us your story, if you will.
3: Sure. Yeah. My case was actually theft, like Doris had mentioned. and. What we had done is a group of high school friends, before a basketball game, we went to Rafferty's Pizza um, just to get some pizza and dinner and head back to the game. And um, there was a decoration, a leprechaun statue, kind of life-size, so it was really cool and fun, and it looked like one of our um, friends who played basketball. So we thought it would be fun to take the statue, um, sneak it out, take it to the crowd, wave it in the crowd, and we just thought you know, it was just silly and a practical joke. We didn't consider it theft or think of it as, you know, stealing and just our mentality at that age. That's not where our minds went. And um, Baxter police called. And, of course, we were wearing Crosby Arrington shirts with our names on the back. And so they know who we were and where to find us. This Um, wasn't a hard case. um, Nope. (laughs) Yeah, we set ourselves up for that. Um, (laughs) And so they called and, you know, we had all of a sudden this thing that we thought was a silly joke all of a sudden now we're looking at theft charges and you know we weren't um, bad or really troubled kids you know but then now we're looking at criminal charges Mm -hmm. and so LARJP was great for me and all of my friends involved where you know it was first of all a wake-up call that you know there's consequences to your actions even if you're not thinking that you're stealing or doing harm Um, and then a different way around it instead of having that charge where you can, you do get that restoration and that, that reset to start over and and not have that follow you. Um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things I've done in my life that had I had a theft charge on my record, I probably could not have done. Right. And it's something um, that will, I think it makes you realize that this is going to follow you the rest of your life and you're going to have to explain that. Every job application wow. that you fill out, even if it's somewhere local, you know, at the grocery store or gas station. You have to put that on there, that you have a theft charge, and you have to explain why and what right. happened and what makes us know that you're not going to steal from us. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. So how did the program work then for you? Um, so we, my parents called me after the police contacted them, and we had to, um, we went to court, and then we went to the, it was at the Brainerd Library, it was the theft diversion program. So we did an eight-hour course on theft and how that um what all is considered theft, and mm-hmm. how that affects the victims when you steal things and um, you just you learn about theft in general and the criminal charges that come with it, and then we had to return um, the property mm-hmm. and apologize and so basically make right what we did wrong, mm-hmm. and then learn about the consequences and um, yeah. So
2: being a teenager and having to, you know, kind of go back with your tail between your legs, not realizing what you had done was really a crime, um, how did that feel?
3: Um, it was it was hard. It's humbling, you know, like to that. have to go back and say, here's your property back. Sorry, we stole this, knowing right. it's wrong. But it is... Um, it was a good reflection because we would none of us would ever walk into a store and steal something, put right. merchandise in our pocket and steal. Mm-hmm. But realizing that you're take, taking somebody else's property is still without theft without their permission, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. And yeah. that's um, it was more personal than just stealing, you know, a pack of gum from a store. Mm-hmm. When you take somebody's property, that that affects them and it hurts them, and they have to replace that. And mm-hmm. so you get, we were able to kind of see how that personally affected sure. um, the other people involved. Sure. Yeah.
0: Very interesting.
3: Hmm.
0: Very interesting. I, uh, the first thing I thought of, of course, uh, when I think of this is all of us have been there, and all of us who have had kids know that when they're in high school, they do dumb things. <laughs> Can I say that? Yeah. I mean, it's yes, true. absolutely. They, they do. I did them when I was that age. and um, But for the grace of God, I could have gone through a program like this, I guess, is what I'm saying. You know, But we all did. But this is a great way to, just as Caitlin said, Keep that off your record and do what's right for the victim, which is very important. And it keeps a great load off our court system, which is already yeah. overwhelmed.
2: To think of how many of you would have had to go through the court system yeah. for, for that. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And,
0: and I would imagine that even in other more serious cases where someone, uh, as Caitlin said, the, her and her friends didn't really think this was stealing. But some cases where kids go, hmm, there's so-and-so's wallet. I'm going to take the 40 bucks that I see sticking out of there. They know it's stealing, but it was just a dumb thing. But they still get to talk to a, a victim and find out just how this affects us. And that's a very important part of this program, is it not?
1: It is a very important part. And you really hit on, on um, the heart. Of our program because always our last round in our conference is putting everything back together. And so many times, our community, as facilitators, we only ask questions in the conference. Mm-hmm. But our community members and even our um, victims, will tell the offenders, this is one day in your life, move on. And I think Caitlin is such a wonderful example of that, because um, today she is um, she owns her own business, right. very successful. And um, so it, it goes to show that we can put that aside instead of mm-hmm. going through the court system and, and wearing that. It's it's a lot of times the community members will say, "You made a stupid mistake. Mm. Let's let's fix it. Let's move on." Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. John, you wanted to say. something.
4: I, I just want to just the rest of the story, Caitlin. There's a missing piece that I, when I first met you, I thought that piece is so important about your police work and and uh, and your service in the military. I think those are important little pieces too that. That were not perhaps would not have been possible had restorative justice not given you the opportunity. That's
3: correct, yes. When I joined the military right out of high school, and then I came back and I went back to school for law enforcement, and I had a short career in law enforcement, mm-hmm. and then got out and um, started my own cleaning company. Mm-hmm. But had I had a theft charge, I may not have been able to join the military, and I probably. Definitely would not have been able to be a police officer. And, yeah. right. you know, and even with my business, I'm going into people's homes and I have mm-hmm. access to things. And, you know, I'm not a thief and I would never steal right. from these homes. But so had I had a theft charge on my record, that could have all played out very differently. I mean, differently. it could have
2: changed the whole trajectory of your life from one stupid mistake you exactly. made as a teenager. That's yeah. crazy. And
4: then, Caitlin, summarize quickly, the others that were involved in that crank how their lives unfold because I think that kind of multiplies the value of what restorative justice is all
3: about yes there was five of us and yeah. all of the other people involved turned out to be very successful as well um two of them went on to school to become doctors and another one has their own hair business here in town wow um, and I believe the other one I'm not we didn't stay in touch um, super close but I think he was an engineer but wow so man like, I mean, that's, just think of that. Is that goosebumps? Yeah, yeah. very much yeah, so. For, for
4: me, it, it, it really... Yeah. yeah.
2: What do you find, then, I'm guessing the recidivism rate goes down using this. If people have to get personal with the folks that they've affected or if they've ruined their property and now they have to fix it and that kind of thing, I'm guessing the recidivism rate is 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 pretty low. Thank you.
1: Um our recidivism rate for 2018. I just ran the the names and the numbers through mm. our county attorney Ann Solberg, and um, we are at about a 14 percent recidivism. Wow. That doesn't mean that they they did the same crime again. It just means that they were involved with law enforcement another, again. Yeah, another mm. incident. The mm. national average is around 60 percent. Holy cow.
4: Mm.
2: Well, I think that says
1: something.
4: <laughs> 60% for those who would go through a more traditional court yeah. system or 60% that end up back in the courts, back in, in front of the police departments within three years, hmm. and here we are at 14%. That, that was that number alone, along with stories like Caitlin's, yeah. are, are part of why I said I have to get involved in this organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I would imagine as a nonprofit, though, do you, have, you have to do some fundraising. Where do you get some of your funding?
4: Well, we we are very fortunate that one of our board members um, is uh, just uh, a a gifted grant writer. And so this year we've got um, several grants, including a a $30,000 grant from the Bremer Foundation, but it is a matching grant. So uh, our operating budget is a little over $100,000 a year, and this year we've got about 60% of it that's coming through grants. Mm-hmm. But, um we know that over the next couple of years we're ne- we 're going to ne- need to transition to more individual donors, so that 's part of what I hope to be able to uh, add to the organization but yeah we we are very dependent on donations and we're we, we certainly couldn 't function without our our facilitators who are total volunteers giving an enormous amount of time so it it really is a community wide effort to provide a a very um, a very effective alternative to the court system, and um, but we need financial support. Uh, we, we need volunteers, and uh, we're not going to go anywhere, including the radio station, without tapping everybody for how <laughs> how you can help us in any way, shape, or form. Because sure. it's that worthwhile. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, the you do a couple of trainings a year. Is there another one coming up later this year yet?
1: We hope to have one in the fall, and so that will be on our website.
0: Okay. And you mentioned that earlier. It's L A R J P dot org. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and how about fundraisers? Anything coming up that we should know about?
4: Well, we're looking forward to um, a happy hour uh, for a cause at, at Prairie Bay on August eighth. So we'll be uh, we'll be getting that word out and. Um, uh, think that uh, Cash Wise Liquor and Prairie Bay team up in and that. It's and so a really delicious a very, way to fundraise. Very creative, <laughs> very creative way to do it and right. Prairie Bay has been really good to us in many ways. Uh, we had our first uh, um, uh, volunteer appreciation dinner last, last uh, November mm-hmm. at Prairie Bay and uh, good people, good food, uh, good cause. It, it uh, doesn't True. get any better than that. True. <laughs> All right.
0: We're running out of time, so let's wrap up. But I want to encourage people to get involved and uh, go to that website. Find out how you can volunteer or become a facilitator. And we want to thank you for what you're doing here in the community. You're making a huge difference, totally, as evidenced by Caitlin. And Caitlin,
2: thanks for sharing your story, too. We appreciate it. Absolutely.
0: Thank you so much. much.
4: Thanks for having us, you guys.
0: All right. Our guests today. From the Lakes Area Restorative Justice Program, Doris Kruger, the retiring executive director. John McGee is the new executive director, and Caitlin Robinson is an advocate and former client. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. And don't forget, (laughs) Community Focus is available anytime on our website. Just go to 1067wjjy.com.